All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Better late than never. Welcome. It's my favorite. Mm-hmm. Fucking Anton Lander. I like really like the backup drawer. Bag milk. This is Ceases. 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 Tyler, your rem check is so fucking sexy. Yeah! Ceases. Fucking Anton Lander. Baby. Baby. A better late than never. This is so fucking sexy. I'm a big fan of adding my own sound effects into the intro. Surveyor Brett, what do you think about that? As I do that, Surveyor Brett, of course, came up with the intro to Better Late Than Never, but. I add a little bit of flavor in there. A little slide whistle. Who doesn't like a slide whistle? Welcome, Better Late Than Ever, episode 11. I'm Bag Milk. I'm here. We're here. I got a whole lot to get to today. I've got clips from the Oilers. We're going to look back at the week that was. You guys left a ton of voicemails this week, so there's a lot to get to, and I plan on wasting no time. Zero. Not one second of your life is going to be wasted on this week's podcast. So first, got to just say thank you, Arcadia Brewing, title sponsor of the show. My friends, your friends, they are the ones that were giving you delicious beer. To my left right now, I've got Whistling Pig. This beer is delicious, and I wish I had a thousand more of them because I would probably drink them all in one sitting. That is not what the people at Arcadia would recommend. That is just what I would like to do because they're delicious. Got it? Clear that up? Okay, great. 
Go to Arcadia Yeg, that's ArcadiaYEG.com for some details on what they're up to, or Arcadia Brew Co. if you're on Twitter, or Arcadia Brewing Co. if you are on Instagram. I thought I lost myself there for a second because, taking you behind the scenes for a second, every Wednesday for the last four years, probably I've done a radio hit on Cruise, on The Locker Room, with Lachlan Cross, Grant Johnson, and Jimmy. This past week, I was doing my thing like normal, and the microphone that I bought for myself, which is a Shure, S-H-U-R-E, I don't know the model is. I can't see it right now. I don't know what the model is, but there's a button on top of it. It's got like a smart dial. And there's a mute button right on the microphone, so we're doing live radio, and I accidentally hit it, because if you've ever seen me record a podcast, I fiddle. I like to fiddle, so I touch the button. And I thought I just did it now, and I hope I didn't, because otherwise I'm going to have a long podcast recording with absolutely nothing. I am checking Audacity. That's the software I use to put this program together. As far as I can tell, everything's okay. As far as I can tell, everything's fine. And that tells me... It's time for the news. March 7th. No, it's not the 7th. March 10th, 2022. Bag Milk reporting live from his kitchen table. We have made no progress on the home studio. I am still at my kitchen table. That's okay. Shout out to Arcadia Yegg, they are the sponsor of the news, and this week was a busy one, right? This week was a heavy one for the Oilers, they had some games that I thought that they should win, they did not win them, so let's just run through the schedule really quickly, the week that was, today is March 10th, we just wrapped up a huge win against the Washington Capitals last night, we're going to talk about that, lost to the Flames on Monday, that sucks, that sucks, but... Ultimately, I thought the Oilers played okay. The special teams let them down. The ones that I was bummed about, the ones that I was bummed about were the ones I was talking about last week on the podcast. Thursday, Thursday, the Oilers played the Chicago Blackhawks. They did not do well against the Blackhawks. Lost 4-3 in OT. Got a point out of it. Not good enough. Saturday, man, what a disaster. There is nothing worse, in my opinion, as an Oilers fan than when the Oilers are playing against the Habs or the Leafs and the opposing fan base fills the building, or at least half fills the building. And that was the case again on Saturday. Here in Alberta, the restrictions have been lifted, so we had a full barn or at least close to capacity on Saturday. Those Montreal fans just had way too much fun. They just had way too much fun, and that's really upsetting to me. I don't like it at all. I hate it. And anything that goes along with Habs fans doing their chants and shit in our barn, I dislike it. That boot could also go for the Oilers after that. Because I just thought that was one of the worst games that they played under Jay Woodcroft, and it was a problem for me. Again, I understand that they lost on Calgary. Calgary's on a roll. I respect it, albeit it upsets me. I think the special teams let them down. Then last night, Washington Capitals were in town. That was a game that they had to win. The Capitals on Tuesday lost to the Calgary Flames. They came into Edmonton last night looking like they wanted to get something done, but they couldn't. They could not. And the Oilers played about as good of a game as they possibly could. The refs were terrible. Absolutely atrocious. I think about the OV water skiing on Zach Hyman in the final seconds of that game. Uncalled. The Capitals obviously tied it with 1.8 seconds left on the clock. 
Oilers want it in OT. We're going to get to all that. But this, the ref, the refing, goodness. Goodness. Like, I can't even think of just how awful it would be. So that's what's going on in my head. Just awful, awful thoughts. The good news, though, of course, the Oilers got a big goal from Connor McDavid in overtime. Closed out what was a massive win. So, ultimately, am I upset? Yes, I am upset about the Chicago and Montreal games. Last night, though, against the Capitals, I thought it was really good. On Saturday, we've got a big, big, big one against the Tampa Bay Lightning. That's the late game on Hockey Night in Canada. Now, if you remember just a couple of weeks ago, the Oilers played the Lightning very, very hard. Had it not been for Mike Smith, who is currently on the shelf with some kind of roster, or uh, some kind of illness, I should say, that was a weird one, right? That was a weird one. In fact, it was so bizarre that in his last game, he didn't go up to his media availability because of this illness that he's got, yet he played the whole game. Yet he played the whole game, and I don't understand how that works. All I know is he's on thin ice with me. And in fact, I know there's a lot of you out there listening to this that Mike Smith, it's just the time is done. The time is done with him, and I, I'm not going to disagree with you. Didn't play last night in, or didn't play against Calgary. Did not play against Washington. Nico, close those out. Skinner is up. Honestly, I don't know that the Oilers have any time to allow Schmitty to get up and running. And I hope that that is a major, major focus for the coaching staff. Like, we need the best goalies in the net. We need the best players available to play. Mike Smith, he's third on the list. Third of three, in my opinion. But we'll see what happens. I can't imagine that Schmidty's going to go away. But, again, he's on the watch list. He's on the watch list. Other news this week. Big thing that I noticed last night. The OT celebration again. Connor McDavid, he did the old Charlie Conway triple deke before sinking it past Sam Sonoff. But it was then in the celebration that I noticed both he and Leon Dreisaitl are missing teeth. Is that the new look? Is that the new thing we're looking at? Well, if that is what we're going with, that the two best players on the team are missing chiclets, well, I am all for it. I am all for it. And last night after the game, Connor McDavid was asked about Leon Dreisaitl, and this is what he said. Yeah, there's probably more of a chance I'm passing to him than <laughs> taking that shot. You know, he's uh, he's my, my ride or die, so you know I'm always trying to get him that puck. What did you just say, Connor? Did you just call Leon your ride or die one more time? <laughs> yeah, there's probably more of a chance I'm passing to him than <laughs> taking that shot. You know, he's uh, he's my, my ride or die, so you know I'm always trying to get him that puck. Again, just a massive win last night against the... Calgary uh, against the Washington Capitals, I should say. Backing up one, though, to the Calgary Flames, there was one thing that I wanted to touch on. Evander Kane, so far in his time with the Oilers, has brought everything that we would expect of him on the ice. He's been physical, he's scoring goals, he's putting up points, all of that. He got into it that night on Monday with Matthew Kachuk. Obviously, Matthew Kachuk is not going to fight Evander Kane. Evander Kane will tune him up. You hearing me? Evander Kane will tune you up. But, Post-game, Kane was asked about the exchange he had with Kachuk, and honestly, I just like I know this is old at this point, but the answer was hilarious. You know, we know what he's about, so um, 
you know, there's never uh, a lot of backup for that talk. <laughs> had a few run-ins with him when you were in San Jose as well. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> there's no, there's nothing to back up that talk. So basically, Makachuk is just getting a reputation of yeah, he's all talk, but when Evander Kane wants to drop the mitts, you are not going to participate in. You're just not. And I don't blame you. I don't want Evander Kane to punch me in the face, but you're gonna talk like that. Well, I don't know. I don't know. After that Calgary game, again, I'm backing up a little bit. Jay Woodcroft talked about efforts. I just like the way he speaks. The language is so flowery, you know? But what's immediately before us, what's in our control, is our effort and our execution level tonight. This game is worth two points, and that's what we're setting out to get tonight. I love it. It's about efforts. How many times have you and I, as Oilers fans, watched the TV from this side of the TV screen and complained that the Oilers just haven't given the effort we needed? We're not talking about execution. We're not talking about X's and O's. We're just talking about going out and giving their best. Giving their best. Also, Woodcroft was asked about the schedule because if you're looking at the schedule, the Oilers have a heavy one. I already talked about Tampa on Saturday. If you can win that game on Saturday against Tampa, and I believe they can based on the way they played this team the last time they met up, that will set you on a run because the next week you've got Detroit, you've got Buffalo, and you've got New Jersey. Those are all three games that you should win every single time or at least nine times out of ten. You need to win those. But... I also recognize that I said the same thing about the Chicago Blackhawks on the 3rd of March, and I said the same thing about the Montreal Canadiens on the 5th of March. That was last Saturday. So I understand that there are no gimmies in this league, but for a team that is currently chasing a wild card spot, there's no room for error, especially not with those teams. So as I'm recording today, March 10th is 6 o'clock p.m. at the Castle Bag Milk. The Oilers have 66 points. They are two points back on Vegas in the Pacific. Same amount of games played. Vegas is sliding a little bit. But if you look at the wild card, well, a little bit more grim. So there's work to do here. The Oilers are currently outside of the wild card spot, the second wild card spot, by one point. However, the Oilers have now played two more games in both Dallas and Nashville. They do face Dallas. Dallas just lost Miro Heiskanen. Heiskanen? What do you say that guy's name? Anyway, he's gone. He's gone for a while because he's got mono. Nashville, Oilers have played them well, but there's a couple of games against Dallas there. There's some games against Los Angeles, more against Calgary. These are games that they have to win. So, when you're looking at the schedule, Jay Woodcroft stepped in on that as well. Well, I think, um, you know, our schedule is what our schedule is, and our injury situation is what our injury situation is. I thought our the 20 players that we dressed tonight gave us everything that they had tonight. Uh, it was a competitive game versus a good team. Um, you know, we're going to work, uh, we're going to continue to work at our game here and work to get healthy as well. Wouldn't it be nice if the Oilers got healthy? Like, I know the the power play scored last night against Washington, and that was great. But how much did they miss Nugent Hopkins? Right now, I know I'm president and CEO of the Nugent Hopkins fan club, and I know I'm biased, and I know that some of you are listening to this, and you're saying, bag milk, shut the fuck up, man. You can't just think Nugent is the answer to all the problems. Well, I don't. But what I do think is he is a contributor to the solution that comes on the power play, the issues. But 
With that said, Nuge also needs to start firing from that left side. You remember over the last couple of years, that was his bread and butter spot. That low snapshot from that left side, he needs to bring that back. We don't have that right now. We've still got the one pitch. It's a great one. Connor to Leon. One-timer. We all love it. When it goes in, we are fully aroused and fully erect. But the times when it doesn't work, well, that's why you need a plan B, right? That's why you need a plan B. Now, maybe the fact that both Connor and Leon are both toothless at this point. I don't know when Leon got a chicklet knocked out. We remember when Connor got one knocked out. Both of those guys are missing teeth right now. Both of those guys look awesome. And if I am an Edmonton Oiler and I am wanting to show my commitment to the team, I am considering knocking out one of my own teeth. Now, you may say that that's a stupid idea, and I would agree with you. But how bad do you want it? How bad do you want it? Speaking of guys who want it, Brad Malone last night against the Washington Capitals, this dude, what can you say about him? So he got an assist on Cody Cece's goal. That was his first NHL point since February 28th of 2016. And you're like, what? What year is it now? Jason Greger, he added after. Malone also played 280 AHL games between NHL points. Think about that. What is that? Three seasons? Four seasons? Something like that? I'm bad at math. I got your Remchuk math going on here. I don't know. 280 AHL games between NHL points. So that is a problem. Not a problem. That is a, uh, a display of perseverance that I haven't seen in forever. Then, what does Brad Malone do? He goes out and scores a goal. That is his first goal since 2015. So Connor's draft year. Seven years. Think about that, man. Shout out to you, Brad Malone. Shout out to you. Because what you did last night, getting two points, man, that is exactly what we needed, and I am very pumped for you, man. Yeah! Lil John's pumped for you, too. Other news that came out this week, I'm personally excited about it, but I know some of you, actually about half of you based on what I'm seeing on Twitter anyway, Tom Gazzola broke on the oil stream that the Todd McFarlane gear jerseys are coming back next year, but they're going to have a different color scheme. Yeah! I loved those. I loved them, and I'm going to tell you why. Every time the Oilers come out with a new jersey, it's always the same thing. It's the logo. Now, don't get me wrong. That logo, the Oilers logo, is beautiful. It's perfect. It's one of the best in sports. I like the way it looks. I like the way it flows. I like the way it fits with the colors they've got. All of that is absolutely magic to your boy Bag Milk. But I also like when things are different. I like a little change. Let's be honest. The reason that they're releasing another third jersey or retro jersey or whatever you want to call it is to make money. They're trying to sell. The NHL is a business. Trying to make money. Got it? Good. Makes sense. It makes sense. Now, if this is the third jersey and they're going to do some kind of spin on the McFarlane logo, the gear logo, maybe with the orange and white, maybe with the royal blue and orange, I don't know. Tom didn't know the colors yet, so I'm excited to see it. Why not do something different? Why not try something different? I would much rather them try something different with the gear logo than when the teams just mail it in and put like Edmonton across the chest or something like that. Minnesota, I'm looking at you. 
You know you did it. I'm glad they didn't do that. I'm glad they're trying something a little bit different. It's same, same, but different, you know? Same, same, but different. Baba Bowie. I just think it's a good idea. I like the way it's going to look. And I think Connor's going to look sharp in it, and I think Leon's going to look sharp in it. And if they both still have toothless, toothless grins at that point, man. We're all getting pregnant. So, I want to know what you think. If you listen to Better Late Than Never, hit me up. I like the McFarland jersey. Bag Milk, I hate the McFarland jersey. Either way, doesn't matter. I want to hear from you. Last night again, Zach Cassian made his return after a broken jaw. He was playing with the full cage, but I was worried about it. I thought that full cage meant he was going to be tentative. He was going to be timid. Listen, I've never had a broken jaw, but I can only imagine what it would be like to play a contact sport when my face hurts all the time. One of my best friends in the world, he broke his jaw when we were in high school. What did he do? He drank through a straw. I can't imagine trying to play hockey when you've got a face that hurts like that. And I know that we've had some weeks, and I know that we're healing. Dr. Bag Milk understands. Unlicensed, of course. I'm just saying, I thought I thought he was going to be a little bit more timid. But what did he do? He was throwing his body around. That was arguably, in my opinion, the best game that we've seen Zach Cassian play in quite some time. And for that, I will applaud you. Not a full one. Not a full one. Don't just give me a tease. Don't just give me a taste and disappear again, Zach. Believe me. But we need you. Uh, Cam Lewis this week at OilersNation.com wrote that Semyon Varlamov, or Varlamov, I should say, from the New York Islanders would not waive his no-trade clause to come to the Oilers. <laughs> I don't know how highly you had Varlamov on your list of potential goalies. He signed for another year at $5 million. But he would have been a nice option. And the fact that we're still here and we're still having people refuse to wave to come to Edmonton drives me crazy. Really, really drives me crazy. And I don't like having this all the time as a slag on Edmonton. Like, I don't get it. I don't get it. On the flip side, however... Marcus Niemelainen, just this afternoon, as we were recording the real-life podcast, actually, he just went out and signed himself a two-year contract extension, and for that, I say, yeah! We were a little bit late on the little John sound effect there, but I still, I'll take it, you know, I'll take it. If you've read any of the wrap-ups I've written on the website or OilersNation.com, you know how much I love Marcus Neomalainen because he gives a different flavor of defense than anybody else that is in the roster right now. He hits like a truck. He's not afraid to throw his body around. And that is the kind of guy that we just haven't had here in a while. You almost forget that there are defensemen that are big and mean like that, you know? So to have him sign for two years at $762,000, I like it. I like it. Speaking of signings, we were talking about this on Oilers Nation Radio last week. It showed up in the mailbag again on Monday. So I ask you, better late than never, listeners, hit me up. Evander Kane, as I mentioned earlier, he was doing everything you could possibly want him to do from an Oilers standpoint. Now, does that mean he should merit a new contract with the team? Would you even be interested in re-signing him? Would Evander Kane be interested in coming back to the Oilers? I mean, his options were limited when he got the exodus from San Jose. Oilers gave him a chance. It's working out. Would that be enough for him to want to stick around? 
Would you do it if it meant you had to sacrifice either Puliyarvi or Yamamoto? There's only so many cap dollars to go around. Ken Holland's not exactly the most ruthless negotiator when it comes to new term. Darnell Nurse, I'm looking at you. You got paid, buddy. I'm not, I'm not, I don't begrudge you. I'm just saying. Would you re-sign Evander Kane if it meant that you had to lose one of Puliyarvi or Yamamoto? That's my question to you. I'm just thinking out loud. I'm wondering if I would. I like both of those guys a lot. I like both of those guys a lot. Would I be willing to sacrifice one if it meant a short-term deal for Evander Kane? I don't think you sign him to a long-term deal. We see what happens, allegedly, in my opinion, when he's around a little bit too long. But I would be willing to go in a short-term. But would I get rid of one of those other guys? I don't know. You know what? Just because i got to give takes on this podcast or there's no reason to listen to it, I would. I would trade one of Yamamoto or Puliyarvi if it meant keeping Pat, uh, Patrick Kane, Evander Kane around. Which one? That's the question. I've heard rumblings. Now, these are just rumors. They're unsubstantiated. That Yessa just doesn't quite... He doesn't quite fit with what the Oilers are trying to do. Would that mean I would trade him? No. I love that smile. I love the Bison King. Maybe I would trade Yamamoto. He hasn't given us the offense we've hoped for from him. Still figuring it out, though. Would I trade one? Yeah. Which one? I don't know. You got to you gotta get me on the day. Today, I would trade Jesse over Yams. I would. And I feel bad saying it, but I got to have takes. Otherwise, what are we doing here? So if Yes Pulley listening to this, I don't want to, man. I don't want to do that. I love you. That big smile, the way you lick your own eyebrows, I love it. All of it. I'll support you to the end of time. But decisions have to be made, and a guy like Evander Kane, again, has a different layer flavor to the to the roster. Short-term deal? Low money? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe I'm just talking on my ass for no reason, right? 100% possible. 100% possible. A couple more things I wanted to get to from this past week in terms of the audio. Connor McDavid talked about the playoff push. As I mentioned, the Oilers are in the mix for a playoff spot, but there's plenty of work to do. When asked about that specific playoff race and how tight things are and where the Oilers are at, Connor said what we're all kind of thinking. You know, obviously the, the playoffs have started for us. Um, you know, it started uh, even a little while ago. So, you know, we're uh, in the thick of it, trying to chase down a spot. And, you know, these, these points matter each and every night. And... There's obviously guys hurt, guys up from the minors, guys in different roles. Just what do you see from those guys maybe thrust into situations where, you know, they got to play tough minutes or maybe be in a little bit of an unfamiliar spot? Uh, What can you say about the contributions of some of those guys? Yeah, you know, we've definitely been battling the uh, injury bug all year. And, um, you know, we've had guys uh, in and out of the lineup, up and down from the minors and kind of all over the place. So, um, you know, I think they've stepped up and and uh and done well and you know they have to continue to do uh, a job for us i like the two things that connor said there first of all oilers already in playoff mode have to be they have got last night was game 58 so i'm going to try and do some quick bag milk math here so if they've played 58 games right and there's 82 games in a season, so you got to carry the one over there. That one just evens out here. Carry that one, move that over. By my math, as I record today on the 20 on the 10th, there's 24 games left. If that is not correct, 
just pretend that it was a different day that I recorded this so that the math works out. But they've got time, but they don't have a lot of time. They've got time, but they don't have a lot of time. And like Connor said, they're battling injuries. But every team battles injuries. So what do you do? You shut the fuck up and get to work. People have to step up. People have to do their best. People have to fill those roles while we need them. Shut the fuck up. Get to work. Let's go get some points. Another thing that I noticed yesterday, and this was before the game, and a shout out to my boy Waz for sending this to me. There was a question for Connor pre-game yesterday against the Caps. I was just odd, so I clipped it. It doesn't really have anything to do with anything, but I just thought it was funny to play. As a guy who wants to make deep playoff runs, kind of how much on, how much of the onus do you put on yourself uh, of trying to get this team in? Obviously, it's a, a team sport, but how much do you, of that do you put on yourself down the stretch of trying to get this team into the playoffs? By the way, I didn't speed up that clip at all. Oh, I think I just started it over. I didn't speed that up. So just as you're listening to it, my guy here is speaking at 2,000 miles an hour. As a guy who wants to make deep playoff runs, kind of how much on, how much of the onus <laughs> do you put on yourself uh, of trying to get this team in? Obviously, it's a, a team sport, but how much do you, of that do you put on yourself down the stretch of trying to get this team into the playoffs? If you've ever heard Godzilla or Rap God by Eminem, that's what that guy is. It's like he's gearing up to that. It's like Bowser and Mario Kart, right? At first, Bowser, just he starts off slow. The acceleration off the jump is not very good. But then as he gets going, he speeds up. And that's what my dude, <laughs> that's what my guy reminded me of. Anyway, here's Connor. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously I want to play well and, and contribute to the team as much as I can. And, you know, I know when I'm at my best, uh, I contribute a lot. So um, that's obviously my focus. Understatement of the year, when I'm at my best, I contribute a lot, says Connor McDavid. Put that one on my fucking tombstone, you know? Now, part two of our guy from Washington's question gets a little bit weirder, and I love it very, very much. What does you being at your best down the stretch look like? What what has to happen for you, for Leon, for this team <laughs> to make it in? What was that question, sorry? <laughs> what was that question, sorry? My guy, you were speaking at 2,000 miles an hour, and you probably asked three or four questions in there. Anyway, continue. Just what does what you being at your best look like? What, 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 what do you and Leon and the team have to do to, to close the gap and, and make the playoffs? <laughs> yeah, Aaron, like four questions there. But, um, <laughs> me at my best would be, um, you know, skating, um, having the puck, um, you know, playing aggressive. Um, you know, that's kind of when I'm at my best. Uh, yeah. what, is it, what, is, what do we need for our team to get in the playoffs? I mean, we need contributions from everybody, um, including Leo and I. Um, including, you know, the, you know, everybody. That's, uh, that's what we need. I love that question so much because he's just like, what was the question you asked three times and then you asked him to repeat it again? Don't you ever just wonder what it must be like for Connor McDavid where everybody in this league, everybody in the sport always wants to talk to him, but most of the time when they're asking him a question, they just like, it's like, what do you want to know? Like, I don't know, man. I don't know how to answer that. I just find it funny. I just find it funny. So we're going to wrap up the news with one more time, just because Connor and Leon, they say that I'm just going to play this clip again. So I like it. <laughs> yeah, there's probably more of a chance I'm passing to him than <laughs> taking that shot. You know, he's, uh, he's my, my ride or die. So, you know, I'm always trying to get him that puck. Mm, he's my ride or die. Last thing I want to mention before we wrap up the news is the bus trip to Calgary. March 26th, we are going down to Calgary. It is the first time since pre-pandemic that we are filling a bus with nation citizens and we're taking off from Edmonton. We're making our way down the highway behind enemy lines. I'm super excited about it. 
Tickets are available right now at BacksideTours.com. If you go to BacksideTours.com, what you'll see is join a bus trip. You want to click that one. You're going to see us right there. Oilers Nation, right there. Bus trip, click it, join it, enjoy it. We are going to have a great time. I promise you that. We always do. Right now, as of the latest update, we are about 50% sold out. So if you are procrastinating, if you're thinking, if you're humming and hawing about whether or not you should do it, well, do it. I promise you. And there we go. The news for our friends at Arcadia Brew. That is it for the news. Bag Milk reporting live from his kitchen table. Because I haven't done anything on my studio. And that's that. If you want to participate in the news, I would love that, actually. This is a good opportunity to say that. Send me stories. Send me clips. Send me things that you think are funny. I would love to get your guys' take on the news. As always, I would love to give you some love for the questions, the clips, whatever you want to send in as well. I just want to hear from you, okay? Good. Hello, you. Oh, wow. Your ears look fantastic. You're listening to Better Late Than Never by Bagged Milk. Thank you, Donkey Volley. You're sexy as well. (laughs) Oh, yes. Thank you, Donkey Volley, for the bumpers. I just, so if you're listening to this, just so you know, I have all your stuff saved. I just haven't moved them over yet. I haven't done enough work on my soundboard as I would have hoped to. I've had a couple of busy weeks. So you know what I've got? I need to add more clips, more sound effects. So if you've got a nice idea, a suggestion, hit me up on Twitter, JSBMBagMilk. Hi, my name is BagMilk on Instagram. But until then, it is time to get to everybody's favorite segment on the podcast. Ladies and gentlemen... The Rig Hand Distillery Voicemail. If you go to RigHandDistillery.com, what you will see there at the top of the page is a coupon for a tour and tasting. I promise you, if you've never been out to Rig Hand's facility out in Iskew, you're going to want to do that, okay? Download this coupon for the tour and tasting. Check out the operation. See how they make the booze. To my left right now, I have got a bottle of the Double Double. I encourage you to go and buy some because this stuff is straight gold in your mouth. It is a massage for your mouth feelings. It is like a bath of flavor that you just want to be enveloped in. So, Sunday fun days, maybe even just a casual Thursday. Pour some of that in your coffee. Double Double by my friends at Rig Hand Distillery. This week, I have got... Oh boy, one, two, three, four, five, six. I've got 24, 25 voicemails, I believe. My math is bad. Tyler, come check that. Where are you, Tyler? You're gone, aren't you? Time for the voicemails. Again, if you want to leave me a voicemail, if you want to participate, this is my favorite segment on the show. So the Rig Hand Distillery voicemail is super easy. Go to the link tree in my bio on Twitter or Instagram. Leave me a voicemail. Leave me a voicemail. So we're starting. We're going back about a week now. I changed up a little bit the format of this so that I can see when you guys left the messages. So just so you know, some of these are about a week old. I recorded last Wednesday. Today's Thursday. It is what it is. Let's see what we got. First 
message of the Red Can Distillery voicemail. Hey, Big Milk, it's Dan. Uh, you had asked a question inadvertently back towards me last week uh, when I had asked a question about something that uh, my young brain can't remember. Um, <laughs> you said that there was a ding in the background. I actually work at a dispensary, so uh, if you Ooh. have any needs for marijuana in the evenings, uh, I am your guy. I'm not a wine connoisseur, mm. but if you're looking for that mean green, I'm your guy. And, as well as, since we're talking about things and stuff, cheese. Cheese, there is a really, really rad now we're talking. Uh, cheese display that I saw the other day mm-hmm. at, I think it was a city market in Oliver Square. Go Just on. a wall of cheese. Yes. They had one of those wheels, like those, like, wheels of cheese. I don't know how to explain it. Um, inside the wall. That's how I know it was fancy. Um, no question. Just wanted to make a statement. <laughs> So there's two things that I got to pick up from Dan. One is I don't know if I should be bleeping where you work. Is there rules against that? I'm not advertising anything, I don't think. Provided that you're above legal age, wherever you're listening, right? Two, if you've got wheels of cheese, I want to know who these rich heroes are that are going out there and buying wheels of cheese because I've looked at them before. They're very expensive. Cheese in itself is expensive, but if you're buying a wheel of cheese, you got that fuck you money, and I respect it. Hey, Big Milk. I have recently bought a Todd McFarlane third jersey. No, we're just talking Uh, about it. It's my first Oilers jersey that I've owned since I was eight years old, Um, and it's got nobody's name on the back. I found out that the Pro-Am Sports uh, in Edmonton has the ability to stitch... uh, previous numbers on to Press that baby the up. back of the jersey. Yeah, yeah. And I wanted to know who you think I should put on it. Um, I didn't pay attention to hockey a ton when I was a kid. Uh, it was only a recent phenomenon uh, that I uh, started paying attention more. So I think it was about 18 is when I started really getting into it. So I don't know all the players from back then, but I loved the way the jersey looked. And it reminded me of some good memories that I had even though minimal with the Oilers back then. Who should I put on the back? I was thinking of putting a more modern player. Is that cool? Or is that fucking lame? I don't know. You tell me. So personally, I would not do a more modern player on the Todd McFarlane retro. Unless you're going to... Well, I mean, you already bought it. So you've got the you've got the black or whatever color that was. Like the dark, dark, dark blue. What color would you call that? By the way, confession. If there's something that is super, super dark navy blue, right? Like, can you picture in your mind if I say super dark navy blue? My eyes cannot distinguish between that and black. So when I say that I don't know exactly what color the Todd McFarlane jerseys are, I mean it. I mean it. And that's a little bit embarrassing for me to say. But um, this is my podcast, and I'm just going to be honest with you. So I'm looking at it. This looks black to me. This looks, uh, although it might not be. <laughs> I'm really second-guessing myself. Is this really dark blue? I feel like it might be. Either way. Back to the question at hand. Who would I put on? These are my suggestions. These are timeless classics for Oilers fans. If you want to go for an older, 
like those those debuted in 2001. So you got to think about who was on the team in 2001. So these are my suggestions. This is what I would do. One, classic, Ryan Smith. Smitty never gets old, ever. I'm not talking about Schmitty. I'm talking about Smitty. Never gets old, always works. Two, Alex Hemsky. For a long time, especially in that era, he was one of the only guys that was even worth watching. Right? I don't think that's unfair to say. Three, George LaRock. Fan favorite, scrapped, great memories, loves the city, still pumps the Oilers' tires today, even 20 years later. So those would be my suggestions. Smitty, Hemsky, LaRock. One last question that's non-Oilers related. Mm-hmm. Do you have any suggestions? After you said last week that you were uh, an avid hockey player as a kid, uh, to someone like myself that's never actually gotten to play ice hockey before, um, I, I know how to skate and stuff, uh, but I recently picked up all the gear required to start playing goalie because that's what I wanted to do as a kid, um, and I'm kind of making up for lost time, but I don't know a lot about you. the game from a player's standpoint. Is there anything I should know or do, or are there leagues for like beginners that are like able to shoot the puck along the ice, and I might not be able to stop that motherfucker kind of leagues? <laughs> Just looking for uh, thoughts and opinions on uh, what an entry-level adult could do to play hockey, but, you know, with other people. One thing I would recommend is forge a birth certificate so that instead of being, I don't know how old you are, but I would recommend pretending you're 10. Then you can go play with 10-year-olds and they will slide the puck along the ice. To be honest, I don't actually know. I'm from a small town, so I live in the city now, but I didn't always. So I don't really understand how the divs work, the divisions work in men's hockey here in the city. But I, I am sure, like, I would be shocked if there's not a beginner's division in city with the men's league now. If you want to do that, chances are you're going to play at 2 a.m. on Thursdays or something like that. But that would be my recommendation. Check out what the city has available for men's leagues. I'm sure there's a beginner's league. I'm sure. Hey, Bag Milk. Uh, Jake from Sherrod Park here. A longtime fan of Oilers Nation Radio. Um, I had a couple questions, but Thanks, we'll Jake. start off with the first one. Who are you more concerned about the Oilers playing in the first round? Um, you know, it's probably going to be either Calgary or Vegas, depending on how things go. And I would be sick to my stomach if Edmonton plays the first round, Calgary, Calgary in the first round, and we lose to those goobers in the South. Let me know your thoughts. Thanks. At this point, so that message came in about a week ago. So at this point, where I'm at is I just want the Oilers to make the dance. And I don't even care who they face. This reminds me of a 2006 situation where uh. they just need to get in. I just want them to get in so that they're a participant in the playoffs. At that stage, whatever happens, happens. Because as we saw last year, think back. It was hurtful, but think back. The Winnipeg Jets swept the Oilers in four straight games. Think about the season. How did that go? The Oilers ran the show on the Jets. I was one of the people that was very vocal about wanting the Jets as the first-round opponent. Did it work? No, it didn't. In fact, I had a tweet from Oilers Nation that said they wouldn't win or something. I don't remember exactly what I tweeted, but it did not age well, is my point here. And what I would say is, does not matter. Yes, I get what you're saying, the Calgary Flames thing. Like, it would suck, but it would also rule if you win. 
right? I like to I like to divert to the positive. I like the idea of going up against the Flames, playing them hard, and fucking ruining what was supposed to be the Stanley Cup season. Like if you if you talk to people from Calgary right now, they're planning a parade. That's not how it works. Just get in the dance and let's see what happens. Hey, Bag Milk, uh, Jake again. Um, my next question, and this is the last one. Um, if you could change one thing that the Oilers did during the Connor McDavid era, what would you change? Whether it be that's, you know, not re-signing Miko Koskinen or maybe a trade that probably shouldn't have happened. Um, it feels like there's so much that happened. Um, in the past five, six years that I feel drunk when I try to look back and think on it. Um, but yeah, let me know your thoughts. Thanks. That's a good question. My first thought would be avoiding Peter Chiarelli. Remember, Oilers won the lottery. Uh, Craig McTavish was bumped aside. Peter Chiarelli was brought in without an interview, I might add. Bob Nicholson didn't even interview anybody. He just hired Pistol Pete and things went downhill from there. Remember, Brought in Peter Shirelli, went through that first season. Taylor Hall was gone. That was a trade. Ultimately, we miss Adam Larson, but Taylor Hall was gone. Then he traded Jordan Eberle for what ended up being nothing. So Peter Shirelli, you lumped in the Koskinen contract in there. There's a lot of moves that he made that didn't make any sense whatsoever. Drake Kajula, he left. I'm not saying Drake Kajula is the answer, but that you know, that's another lost trade, right? Brought in Brandon Manning. Brought in the fucking guy who broke Connor McDavid's collarbone in his rookie season. What are we even doing? Just dense. That's what. I, that's my pick. I could be wrong. I don't think I am. So, the robot thing challenges <laughs> the donkey to an English dance-off. <laughs> I say, is this Buck's Fizz? Is this Depeche Mode? Is this Buck's Fizz? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> I challenge you to a duel, sir. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, my boy Donkey Volley. I knew he was coming up. I have so many voicemails today. I knew he was coming up at some point. I just didn't know where he, <laughs> I didn't know where he was showing up. Yeah, I'd like to see a dance off between Donkey Volley and the robot voices. Hello. The stellar date is nineteen ninety. It's time for the guru. My guru Josh. That's the time I'm not here. I say. <laughs> Are you listening to Better Late Than Never? You should be. I think you should be. Yeah, I agree. Subscribe and like. Dude, I know that you DM me sometimes on Twitter and you say, do you want me to stop doing those? And I want to say it here so that anybody who listens to this podcast can also hear my answer to you. No. Don't ever stop doing that. They're always going to make me laugh. The voices you put on are so good. Don't ever stop. Now, if I was to guess, based on the time of this next one, I got a feel we're here in the we're here in the chapter three. So this <laughs> goes out to the robot. I say, what an absolute idiot! I'm going to stick your greasy little balls right up your in-pipe, you dirty little thing. <laughs> and this goes out to everyone. <laughs> I am a bit longer. One shall not be before. <laughs> I would like to know. I wish I could get a video of you planning those out. Because there's music going on. Is that the Star Wars music underneath that one? 
I don't know what's going on with you, but I like it. <laughs> I like it a lot. Are you listening to Better Late Than Never? <laughs> and a podcast that's only true for all your ears now. That's the food. Oh my god. It's a podcast for me and for you. So, again, I'm taking you behind the scenes a little bit. Donkey Volley, I don't listen to these before I, <laughs> before I play them. And if you say something ridiculous, I'll just cut it out. That's how it's working. But I haven't had to do it so far. So Donkey Volley sends me a DM on Twitter, and he says something about James Blunt, and I didn't ask him any further questions because I just wanted to hear what he said. And you know what? Goodbye, my lover is a great jam. And I will never apologize for loving it. In fact, that brings me to my next point that I wanted to get to. I don't understand why people don't embrace their guilty pleasures. I just wrapped up season two of Love is Blind. And if you've listened to this podcast before, you know my love of dating shows. You know how much I love it. Now, does that make sense? No. I'm a 36-year-old male. There's no reason I should be watching dating shows the like I do. But... I would also add Goodbye My Lover by James Blunt in my guilty pleasure list. I will listen to that all the way through. There's no skips on that song. Not in my house. Not in my house. The world is in disorder. What's not in disorder is listening to Bag Milk. Wait a minute. Donkey Volley, is that you? Are you doing like a like an Americanized accent? What is that? One more time. The world is in disorder. What's not in disorder is listening to bag milk. I like that a lot. I'm saving that one. I'm saving that one. Next up. I can't even talk about Carol. Obviously, <laughs> he's a strange individual. <laughs> Personally, I listen to better late than never from bag milk. Um. It occasionally... Has some English <laughs> idiot. Amazing. <laughs> Again, I say this every week, but there's like the weird melting thing you do. It's like... <laughs> it makes me laugh every time. I love it so much. Aliens might be landing. But there's one thing that I know is for certain. It's better late than never. <laughs> or maybe it's truly. Or maybe it's never. Or perhaps both. I don't know. Aliens will decide. I love this. Just ridiculous. You guys are the best. I hope that this never stops. I hope you still... I hope you're at least having a good time recording these because I very, very much enjoy them. Uh, looking at my board, I'm going to guess that I have an idea what this next one is, but we'll see. Yeah, I just want to talk about Shane Warne. Um, brilliant cricketer. Shane Bourne, uh, yeah. All Canadians probably don't know a lot about cricket. It's a strange sport. I'm just going to pause it there for a second. So I actually was lucky enough to go backpacking in Australia. I spent a year there in my early 20s. And I lived with a couple of Aussie dudes in their family home. And they taught me all the rules of cricket. So Shane Bourne, I do know. I saw the news. I was thinking about some of my buddies back there in Australia that I met. Cricket is a wild game, though, man. It really is. And the thing that I love about cricket that I don't think a lot of people in North America appreciate about the cricket culture is that some of those tests is what essentially what a game's called. They can go for days 
And if there's a five-day test, which means you start on, like, Monday and you end on Friday, you're just buckled for essentially five days. So I would wake up first thing in the morning. The Aussie roommates would be like, the cricket's on at 9. And I'd say, okay, what does that mean? It says breakfast and beers. Anyway, I loved it. Donkey Volley, as you were. Basically, you stand there with a bit of wood, I throw a ball at you, and you hit it back at me. Mm-hmm. Strange, really, isn't it? But yeah, it's like a um, weird baseball. It's possibly the best. Um, uh, that leg breaker, Mike Gadding. I'm probably losing a lot of holes here, but yeah, it was great. Anyway, right. Uh, next up, I'll try and be funny. Hee hee hee! I like you, man. Please keep leaving voicemails. You can't afford socks. <laughs> it's fair. You wear skinny jeans. It's do. strange. You look like an absolute pervert. It's fine. <laughs> Maybe you should listen to Better Late Than Never. That will sort you out. Oh, yeah. You should listen to Better Late Than Never regardless of what your jeans look like. That reminds me of the other day I was at, uh, my dad asked me, he sent me a photo. Just a picture message. And he's like, hey, do you want these old pants? I used to wear these giant Dickies. Do you guys remember Dickies? I loved pop punk when I was in high school. And that was the popular shit in the early 2000s. Like, Blink-182 is the biggest band on earth. And I love them. And they wore these giant Dickies pants along with studded belts and stuff. So, I could bring that that, that look back. I think we probably should. <sighs> no matter what your pants look like, this is the podcast for you. That's my point. Oh, yes. There's a party over here. And it's in my trousers. Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that may be. Let's, Let's talk, talk about, about sex. Look here. You absolute perverts. There was a time we all did it. We did it all for the Nookie, remember? How many of you had those red Yankees hats? How many? All right, so I know that there's a lot of talk lately that Ken Holland uh, isn't sure if the Oilers should be buyers at this year's deadline. And I think that is completely absurd. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is his responsibility to do whatever he can to help Connor and Leon push this team over the top. Agreed. Uh, I understand, okay, right now, you know, they're on the bubble. It doesn't matter at this point. We're looking at, what is it, year seven and eight of Connor and Leon? There's no excuses. Like, Ken Holland can't sit on his hands and say, oh, we got to be conservative. No, it's the time to go for it is now. Um, Obviously, I understand, you know, you don't want to – get absolutely hosed in the deal. But now's the time to be, get creative, make something work. Because uh, if you can't do anything to improve the team, that's a huge issue. You know, I understand, okay, maybe there's not a goalie upgrade out there necessarily. But okay, fine, then improve the defense. Look for other areas. But you've got to be aggressive. Uh, but anyways, I'm sure this will be talked about throughout this week. I'm kind of curious what your thoughts are on that. I'm 100% with you. I don't necessarily know that there's a goalie trade to be made. 
tomorrow morning, actually. So tomorrow will be Friday, March 11th. I'm going to have a first thing in the morning. I've got an article going up on the available goalies. I talked to Frank Saravalli from dailyfaceoff.com, obviously NHL insider. Frank gave me a little bit of time, and I walked through his list that is up at DFO, and I wondered which of these guys could potentially be Oilers. I'm not going to blow it. I want you to read the article, but... What Frank told me is kind of what a lot of us are saying, or thinking at least. In terms of upgrades, I'm with you, man. Why can't we go all in on a Chitrin deal? Are you scared to, to trade Philip Broberg for a guy who's already established a maybe for an already is? I'm not. At this point, like you said, dear caller, I wish I had a name for you. It's a smart message. Seven Year seven and eight for Connor and Leon. We're past waiting. We're past it. Make deals that make sense, like the caller said, but do not be afraid to make a swing. I do not want that. I do not want to ride through the trade deadline and have nothing done. That's lazy. You're paid $5 million a season to be the general manager of this hockey team. Figure it out. Figure it out. What's going on, Bag Milk? I think Kenny Holland's biggest gamble would be to stay status quo and not move or do anything on the deadline. I'm thinking we're probably going to be in a very similar place in the standings that we will become trade deadline day right on the bubble of being a wild card. And at this point, with where Ken Holland's at, you might as well go all in. You have Connor and Leon at their prime. Dish that first-round pick if you need to. This might be your last kick of the can, Kenny, because you could go at the end of this season if you don't make playoffs. So go all in. I'd be a gamble to not do anything. I couldn't agree more. I don't even have anything else I need to add on that. I agree. Now, for Ken Holland's, for his sake, even if he doesn't make the playoffs and he gets fired, let's just say that he's got two more years where he's getting paid five schmil. Now, that's a nice little consolation prize. But to the point of that caller, we want to win. I'm tired of patience. I've been an Oilers fan my entire life. I'm 36 years old. How much longer do you want me to wait? I know there's some of you out there older than me that are just like, how much longer do you want me to wait? Stop. Nobody's paying you to sit on your hands. Everybody's paying you to be creative. Daryl Cates is paying you to improve this hockey team. Do it. Do it. Bag milk. <laughs> Queen Elizabeth here. Is it? My guilty pleasure is raw salmon. I bought over four pounds of salmon on Saturday, and I've already <laughs> eaten it all raw as wow. sushi and tabaki. <laughs> wow, four pounds. I have been double-fisting salmon like some sort of wilderness bear. <laughs> that was the message? That's it? I like raw salmon. I'm a big fan of sushi, and some of my favorites are some of the ones with salmon. So thank you, Your Highness. What do you call the queen? I have no idea. But... Watch your mercury. Don't eat too much fish all at once. Don't be a bear. Bears are specially made to eat that much fish. You're not. That's it. Hey, bag milk. Presto again. Well, the biggest gamble was Mike Smith. It failed. They refused to put him in the minors where he belongs. We've had our best goalie sitting in Baco. We have a six foot seven, two hundred and something pound stay home defenseman who is plus thirty and has not seen one fucking game in the NHL. What the fuck? We have Griffiths and Marudi all having a great year. We are keep playing Seager and Shore and Smith. It sure doesn't seem like the owner's management gives a shit about winning. 
trade trade guys, I'm sorry, but anybody after McDavid and Dreisaitl and Nuge, because you can't move Nuge anyway, is trade bait. I would try to upgrade Yamamoto as good as he's been. He's too small. If you haven't noticed, the big teams win. The Flames are going to be deep in the playoffs because they're big and have good goaltending. It's a joke. I'm sitting here sulking after losing to the Flames. Three power plays that looked uninspired and mm-hmm. brutal. Why the hell is Gullickson still the coach? Every other area of the game improved for about 10 games, and our power play got worse. Guilty pleasures used to be watching the Oilers beat the Flames, but now it is a really good age smoked cheddar with some red wine. Love the Ooh. podcast, Bag Milk. Keep it up. Please report honestly and openly about the Oilers because nobody else does. Spectre, all those guys are soft and weak. Don't call it as it is. Call it as it is. The Oilers look awful. Check. So, Presto, as he said, he sent that uh, voicemail in just after the Flames lost. I actually didn't think the Oilers looked bad against the Flames, at least on 5-on-5, five five, at, at even strength. Special teams, I agree with you entirely. Absolutely dreadful. I don't know what happened in the power play, but if you had told me in October that the power play that basically looked like a coin flip, almost 50%, it was like 40-something for a minute there, would be this bad and this inept in March, I would have slapped you across the face with the nearest handheld object I could get my hand on. Like, there's no way I would have believed you. There's just zero chance. Same with the PK. What's going on? As far as more players to bring up, um, maybe there could be some more. Obviously, Jay Woodcroft knows those players very very well he was the coach of the bakersfield condors for a while before being called up for to the oilers brad malone is a guy who got a chance and he's played well so could there be more down there perhaps i would be willing to but i would also be willing to be patient in the sense that if there is somebody that deserves the call i imagine jay woodcroft being behind the bench is the best opportunity that a lot of them have to make it happen we'll have to see Sorry, Presto again, can't remember if I brought up the goaltending. Everybody, including your guys on Oilers Nation, keeps saying there's no better options. Brayton Holby is a superior upgrade to Mike Smith. Right? Oh, sure. 889 I mean, I might be too. They talked about Martin Jones playing on what used to be a worse team than Edmonton even in Philadelphia with an over 900 save percentage. Compared to Mike Smith, who tried to get us in the playoffs, huge upgrade. Mike Smith should be put in the minors and let to sit there to either get his game back or to retire. We need a goalie. I guarantee you, Holland is going to do nothing. The guys on Oilers Nation have brought up so many good defensemen that we can bring up, that we could trade for. Can't remember all the names. Justin Braun is one of them. He's There's available. a couple other guys that are big, like CC or sorry, Susie, Susie and another guy that I just I can never remember his name. I think he plays for the Rangers, and nothing has been done. Like I said in my previous message, we have players in our system that could help us that Holland refuses to bring up. It is time that Holland goes. It's time that Gullickson goes. It's time that Nicholson goes, and it's time to get our team where it needs to be. Look at what Tree Living has done in Calgary. He doesn't fuck around. He goes and gets what he needs. The the trade he made for Toffoli is amazing. It should have happened in Edmonton. Would love it. Thanks. The thing that I bothers me, Presto, is that I don't see any creativity from our GM or willingness to risk it all to make a trade. You brought up Toffoli. Hell of a deal for the Flames, and it's annoying. 
Those are the ones that are annoying. Over at DailyFaceOff.com, Chris Gear, AGM, former AGM, talked about the need to get creative when cap space is tight, and that includes using third-party teams as a means of dumping some of that cap. I don't remember the last time the Oilers have done that. I don't know if they ever have. Um, again, you, uh, this is the first time I'm listening to these voicemails, so I don't. I'm not as prepped as I should be on this, but I just don't remember a trade that made me go, whoa, how did that happen? Where are those trades for the Oilers? Where are those trades for Oilers fans? Because like Presto said, it's time. It's time for us to have people in charge of this team that are willing to get weird and willing to take chances. And not on players that are just... Character guys who used to be good six or seven or ten years ago. Like, I'm tired of it. I'm with you, Presto. I feel the passion. I feel the disappointment. And I'm with you, man. And I'm hoping that... I'm hoping to be surprised. I don't know that I will be, but I'm hoping to be. I really, really am. Hey, Bag Milk. It's Taylor. I heard you talking in one of your episodes about... Taylor. Taylor from Sonic, I've been doing some research on you, my friend, because you leave me voicemails, and you never say that it's you, but I'm figuring things out. I've had people slide into my DMs, and they say, oh, that's Taylor from Sonic. I know that voice anywhere. So what I did is I went on your Instagram. We follow each other on socials. I was listening to some clips. I might need you to jump on here, my friend. You're talking Oilers. You've got a job that I was always my dream job, being on the radio. Maybe we should talk about it. Maybe it is time. Maybe it's time. So your convenience store game, Slurpees and candies. So mm. what is your uh, snack food trifecta? Oh, I like you this. You get one bag of chips, one chocolate bar, and a drink. I go with uh, eat more, Classic. ketchup Doritos when they're in season, Amazing. and a Diet Dr. Pepper. Ooh, Can't be beat. What's yours? Oh, that's a tough one, man. It depends on the mood that I'm in. Like, as an example, I talked about the Calgary trip a little bit earlier. Once I'm coming back, we always stop at Red Deer. We go to a gas station. We just fuel up. We get a little bit of, a little bit of hydration, maybe a snacko. So I've got to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to bob and weave on this question a little bit because it really does depend on the mood that I'm in. So I'm going to start with the chips. This is my kryptonite. I cannot have chips in my house. In fact, if I'm talking about snack foods in my house, I hide chips in my basement. I've got these shelving units downstairs. I hide those down there because it's out of sight, out of mind. And every now and then, I'll go downstairs and I'll do laundry or something. And I'll be like, ooh, cool ranch Doritos. I'm the smartest person on earth for hiding these down here so they're not in my line of sight. Because the reality is, if those are up here and I can see them and they're in my pantry, I'm going to murder that whole bag. One sitting. Family size, family one right here, motherfuckers. Family one. Now, Answer the question. We're talking chips. Some flavor of Doritos. That'll be my go-to. That'll be option number one. Again, if I'm feeling frisky. Cool Ranch. Uh, just like a standard nacho. Maybe a spicy barbecue. Love that. If I'm looking at just a general chip, like a normal standard one, I'm going to go with a salt and vinegar or a ketchup. Those are my options. Again, this is a coin flip. As for a drink, am I hungover, Taylor? Am I hungover? Because if yes, blue Gatorade, elite. If I'm just buying a bottle of water, which I do sometimes on a road trip, smart water. I think it tastes delicious. I know that sounds weird to say that I think water tastes delicious, but I think smart water tastes delicious. Smart water. Get it in. Stay hydrated. What's the last thing? Chocolate bar. Oh, easy. Mint arrow. Mint arrow all day. I will eat all of the mint arrows. You give me a box, I will crush them. 
Good? Good. Hey, it's Taylor again to answer one of your actual questions. Hmm. What was Holland's biggest gamble? I think it was thinking that Adam Larson would re-sign with the Oilers in the offseason. Oh, man, that's a good he, one. When he left, that changed everything. Seems like Holland panicked. That is a uh, good one. Barry. So now we have Barry and Bouchard. Wow. the same style of defenseman. We went out and paid a lot of money for Cody Cece, who's been playing well this year. But if we didn't need to do that, we had Bouchard with Nurse on the top pair, Keith and Larson on the second pair, and then Prospect and maybe even Cody Cece on the third pair. That's a deep defense. That's maybe enough to float our goalies up for the year, and we'd be laughing. Mm. Instead, we're not laughing. We're crying. It's been a rough year. Man, that is a great one for the biggest gamble because for me, I was, my constant is going back to Koskinen and Smith. That's a big gamble again and again and again. But man, that is a good answer because how different would this defense look if Adam Larson was still here, right? If you've got Larson, you've got CeCe. I really like CeCe, to be honest. I talked about this today on Real Life. I thought he's been excellent for the Oilers this year. I still don't know necessarily that I like the four-year term, but here and now, year one, Cody Cece, I like you a lot. So if you had Larson, Cece, Bouchard on the right side, whoo, man. Last night in the wrap-up, I talked about Tyson Berry, and I said, I don't know that it's a good thing that I forgot he wasn't playing. Given the contract he was given, given the importance to uh, importance that he's supposed to fill on the power play, I don't know, man. God, that's a good answer, Taylor. I love that one. I really, really do. That Larson gamble. Excellent. Can we trade for him? Hey, eh? Barry for Larson. Who says no? Seattle? Ah, shit. Shit. Hey, Big Milk. This is Polar Bear. Polar Bear? Long-time listener, first-time caller. Shout out Thank to Polar Bear. For a, having a great podcast, and B... Sending out some funny ass episodes. I love it. Thanks, man. But uh, I just wanted to kind of touch on something. The Oilers put out a tweet saying that they were going to bring back that old uh, McFarlane style jersey with the that oil drop kind of comet looking logo, and I love that logo. I just uh, they said there was going to be a bit of a twist on that. So I'm just wondering if you maybe want to talk about what that twist could be. Whether they're just going to throw some orange in there, like I. I think uh, there was a post on the OilersNation.com Instagram there. Um, pretty much the same thing. There's just a little bit of orange sprinkled in there and that dark color. So just want to get a, get your opinion on that. See if, see if you like that jersey. See if you think that's a good idea. I'd love to see maybe that old oil man kind of shoulder patch that we used to have too. That oh, that'd cool. be a good one uh, too. Yeah. Anyway, I won't, uh, won't talk too much longer here, man. You take care. Thanks for. And a great episode, great podcast, great everything. Thank you. Shout out to Polar Bear. Thanks for calling in, man. Please do it again. So a little bit earlier in the podcast, I talked about the McFarland jersey. I liked it. Again, I think it's so nice to have something different. Again, I love the Oilers logo. I'm actually wearing a hoodie right now with the Oilers logo on it, and I look sharp. Anytime you don that logo, you look fresh as fuck. And I would kiss you provided that you were into it. Now, as for the McFarland logo, it's different. Again, if you're going to release a third jersey, remember, this is all about jersey sales. This is all about making money. I like the idea of doing something a little bit different. 
have that McFarland jersey on there. That's a different flavor. That is a shot against the people that just write Edmonton on the chest or Minnesota. Yeah, I'm looking at you, Wild. Bring that one back. Bring that one back. That's two decades in the making for a comeback for that baby. Add in a little different color. Now, what do you do with the colors? Do you go with the orange and white like the reverse retros from last year? That looks sharp. What about the royal blues and the orange, like the classic Oilers look? Do you put that on there? That looks sharp. I don't know what it's going to look like, but I'm excited about it. And I think that having a different flavor of jersey as a third, again, this is a money-making thing, be different. I love the Oilers logo. I will never, ever, ever say they should get rid of it. But if we're talking about a third jersey, why not try something different? Let's get weird, right? Right? Polar bear. Great call. Great question. And for that, we wrap up the Rig Hand Distillery voicemail. RigHandDistillery.com. If you go to the website, again, I'm going to encourage you to check out the tour and tasting coupon. Check out the facility. Find out how they make the booze. Get a bottle of the double-double that is to my left right now. Put that in your coffee on a Sunday. You will have a magical day. I promise. RigHandDistillery.com is how you make it happen. Check them out. They're out in Nisku. Great people, fine folks, even better booze. RigHandDistillery.com. They are the sponsors of The Voicemail, my favorite segment of the podcast every week. That was a busy, busy voicemail, so please keep leaving those for me. I really, really appreciate it. Without you guys, this podcast does not go over an hour. And frankly, I don't know if it should be over an hour anyway, but that's where we're at. And it's all because of you, and I thank you for that. So please keep participating. Hit up the link in my Twitter or my Instagram to get the link tree. That's where you'll find the voicemail. Please keep leaving more messages. I will play them all. I don't listen to them. I will cut them out and post if you're a shithead. But so far, we haven't had that. You guys have all been excellent. Another round of amazing voicemails. And with that, we're going to end off this week's podcast. But first, one more reminder. BacksideTours.com. Go check out the bus trip to Calgary. Join me. Let's have a drink. Let's talk about this podcast in person. Let's talk about it. I want to hear your thoughts. I will be very uncomfortable while this is all happening, but I will be there anyway. Right? By the time I get to Red Deer, I'll be well lubricated. I'll have had a couple of chiladas, maybe a nation beer. I'll be feeling fine. We'll talk about whatever you want. Again, go to BacksideTours.com. Check out Nation Vacation to Calgary. Secondly, most importantly, my friends at Arcadia... They are the title sponsor of this podcast. They jumped on before I even recorded an episode. And for that, they are my best friends in the entire world. Got it? If they were, if it was Valentine's Day, they would also be my Valentine. They're kissable. They're lovable. More importantly, they make excellent booze. Whistling Pig. That's the beer I have to me right now. I've been enjoying it. If you've heard me gulping throughout the podcast, that's what I've been drinking. So check out Arcadia. Brewing at your nearest convenience, ArcadiaYeg.com, Arcadia Brew Co. on Twitter, Arcadia Brewing Co. on Instagram. Whether they've got trivia, whether they've got other events, or you just want to stop in for a pint, go check them out. Arcadia Brewing, my best friends, my title sponsor. And with that, we're going to wrap up episode 11 of Better Late Than Never. Thank you guys for being here. Thank you for participating. Please keep sending the messages. Please keep sending the tweets. Please keep sending the voicemails. I love you for it. And with that, we'll wrap it up. Big week for the Oilers. We've got Tampa Saturday. That's a 4-2 win. We've got Detroit. That's a 4-2 win. We've got Buffalo, 4-2. New Jersey, 4-2. Matinee next Saturday, right? Big week games for the Oilers. I think they're going to clear the deck. 
next week, maybe we're talking about a less stressful playoff race because as we all know being an Edmonton Oilers fan could be one of the most stressful things that you choose to do with your life and with that I will wrap it up thank you for being here you're the best it's better late than ever and I'm Dagmar Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 